Welcome to The Culture Lane, where we explore the products, people, and services driving the shifting world of automotive and mobility. Here, we take a different route when navigating the changing transportation landscape. So settle in, buckle up, and let the journey begin. The connection between auto dealers, technology, and consumers has become one of the key intersection points in the shifting world of automotive. And despite the growing number of direct-to-consumer sales models, physical retail dealerships still play an important role in car sales. However, our growing dependency on technology is requiring them to deepen their connection to consumers digitally. According to a study by Cox Automotive released in January of 2023, 61% of the buyers of new ICE vehicles, cars with an internal combustion engine, indicate their next purchase will be a mostly online process. That number jumps to 80% of potential buyers when it comes to EVs. No doubt about it, digital solutions are driving every facet of consumer purchasing in automotive and beyond. Whether it's discovering new products and services or taking delivery of those products and services. And those digital solutions are proving to yield huge dividends for businesses that make them a priority and do it effectively. In a recent report, the Insights Group, McKinsey, notes that it found that consumer and retail companies investing heavily in software significantly outperform their peers with digital leaders in consumer and retail businesses having three times the returns over the past five years compared with non-digital leaders. But how are auto dealers and all these new tech offerings in the business faring when it comes to making that digital connection to consumers, especially in areas like CRM, customer relationship management? And where are they missing the mark? To get a sense of that dealer-to-consumer tech connection, the Culture Lane talked to Steve Greenfield, an auto retail consultant, CEO and founder of the auto tech investment company Automotive Ventures, and author of the book, The Future of Automotive Retail, as well as the forthcoming book, The Future of Mobility. Steve, thank you for joining us on The Culture Lane. Mark, it's great to be back with you. Steve, so how would you rate dealerships overall when it comes to technology? I mean, we hear a lot about technology in in the retail space, but when it really comes to connecting to consumers uh, from an engagement standpoint and sales and service and overall customer relations with the market, how would you rate them overall? Well, before before I dive in, I think, I mean, I'll preface it by saying a lot of what I'm about to say is, isn't really their fault, but I would say that, you know, pretty, pretty inconsistent across the, the, the spectrum. There are, there are obviously dealers that are very progressive and embrace technology and do an exceptional job. M- many don't, but I think that um, the challenge is um, in many cases attributable to the fact that the, the length and the number of touch points associated with the car shopping process are, are vast, right? So the consumer could be in the market for three months. They may, you know, touch different medium um, you know, five, 10 t- different touch points that they touch across that, be it either a third party website, an OEM website, uh, n- numerous dealership websites. And I think 
part of the problem is necessarily because they're touching that, that one dealer across so many disparate sites, the experience is obviously and, and often disjointed. They may see different pricing. They may see different incentives over a three-month period. And I think it's, it gets very frustrating for the consumer because they're seeing different prices, different vehicles that may or may not be in stock, et cetera. So it's, it's very challenging, very challenging, even for the dealers that are very progressive and, and, and technology-leaning to put on their best face consistently because the, the shopping process is so long and there's so many touch points. Wow. So then how do they begin to tackle that? Yeah, so so it's 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 good for those dealers that are are all over their digital experience, their digital marketing to make sure one, you know, their prices are as as as, as simple as it seems. Prices are consistent across every single advertising medium, right? That their their why buy for me message is the same. That they they're very deliberate with like you know, mystery shopping themselves and understanding like, what is that customer experience? Are are they getting a different experience when I go to Google than when I go to a third party site? than when I go onto their website, than when I pick up the phone and call the general number into the dealership. And I think that, um, you know, dealers that are doing this well are are, 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 are maniacal, right? They're obsessed with understanding and, and providing a very consistent brand and experience for a consumer, no matter how they're, 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 they're um, initially uh, contacting the dealer and how they might continue to contact the dealer over that long shopping period. I think, you know, the ones that fall down and some pretty dramatically are the ones that just aren't as crazy obsessed. And um, then they can have potentially a very disjointed consumer front. Do you think uh, at this point though, that, that at least dealers realize that is it is important to have a robust digital strategy? 100%. But, but I also know it's important to exercise every day and eat well. And I, you see how I fall down by the end of the week, right? So I think it's, a, it's one thing to know theoretically what I should be doing. I go to a conference. You know, I, I listen to people like you, influencers online, and understand what I should do. It's just sometimes then um, it, it, you fail in execution. You don't, you don't follow through. Or you don't consistently follow through over the course of a month, a quarter, or a year. How does the more technology impact that? Like it seems like there's just more more offerings in the space. How does that if you're if you're having a challenge to grasp it now, and there's just more technology in the space? I mean, where's the balance in it all? Yeah, it, it's a great question. You know, and I struggle with this too. I've always had empathy for a dealer that goes to you know one of these industry conferences. And, and you know, there are thousands of vendors um, try, trying to pitch their wares and sell solutions, et cetera. I think you know, te- technology is a double-edged sword. I think you, know, you can embrace technology and it can be your friend and help you ab- achieve your objectives. But also equally, especially in the automotive industry, there are so many technology solutions. And you know, it always amazes me when I go into a dealership and I sit down with a salesperson or a sales manager and just see how many different tabs they have open in, on their browser. How many different software solutions that they have? You know, according to my calculations, the the average car dealer has about 30, 30 different software as a solutions products they're paying for per month. And this includes wow. obviously your, your DMS and your CRM and your website and your digital retailing tool, but they could have an HR tool. And obviously they have, you know, um, accounts payable tools. And um, you know, it's almost like death by a thousand cuts. So you've got these poor employees. And, and remember, dealerships are notorious for having high employee turnover. 
So even if you train your employees, then you're experiencing turnover every six or nine months. And you've got new employees that come in that may not have ever used those solutions before. And you're trying to simultaneously train them on seven or nine different solutions that, that don't always integrate. And, you know, it's a huge change management problem as well, right? So there can be an overwhelming number of, of, of software solutions that the average dealer employee needs to use. And then, then it can be very disjointed. Um, there's a lot of training that's needed. If those solutions don't work together, and in many cases in automotive, they don't. It, it, it's a huge challenge and a huge undertaking that I don't know that other industries suffer from. How would you rate the automakers overall in providing dealerships with the support they need to be able to adapt to, to this new digital world from a consumer perspective? It's, it's a great question. You know, I differentiate between the heart and the mind, right? I think automakers' hearts, and maybe there wouldn't be a lot of dealers that will, would agree with me, but I think their hearts are in the right place. I think that the automakers and the dealers are aligned with like, hey, let's do what's right for the consumer to make them happy, and let's sell, sell more cars or sell more service. I think they'd be 100% aligned. Um, everything from there... Um, you, you, there, there, there begin to be friction points at, in some cases, right? So the, the automakers, for example, provide certification programs. They try to simplify the life of the, the dealer to say, you know, we're going to allow you to choose from six or eight different dealer website programs or digital retailing tools that we, we've already predetermined are the best ones in the market. We've negotiated you a lower price for them. And, and the, these folks now have all of our brand standards, so we can guarantee brand consistency, brand standards, and a better consumer experience. And, and that's great, except if you know there are other solutions out there for whatever reason that come along that are superior and they aren't yet in the certification program. That can cause friction, right? I think that, um, that the automakers in many cases provide co-op dollars, either for advertising or for software or other incentives to use certain solutions. And if the dealer elects not to use that solution, that they, they're ineligible and don't get those co-op dollars. Again, the, 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 the heart is motivated by the right thing. I think sometimes in practice, it falls down as well. I think the solution, because I imagine you're going to ask me that, is really just greater collaboration. I think that, the, you know, I've been in the industry now for like 24 years, and it, it always amazes me that consistently, the one thing that's been consistent over the last 24 years is I hear about the friction between the automakers and the dealers. And yeah, they get along well, right? And they should be aligned theoretically, but there's always friction, there's always friction. So if nothing else, I think the spirit should be more collaboration, more getting you know the dealers and the automakers on the same side of the table with shared goals, shared objectives, and, and being very creative, creatively working together to achieve those, um, those, those shared objectives. Some, some of the automakers do an exceptional job. You hear about dealers that rave about their, their, their reps and the leadership of certain automakers. And then, you know, certain automakers, you, you always hear about friction where, you know, what the CEO saying isn't necessarily communicated to the dealers in the field and um, not, not necessarily shared objectives. So I think if nothing else, we should all aspire for better alignment around shared objectives. And, you know, at the end of the day, like I said, we, we, we want to make happier customers and have them buy more from us. You know, you, you, I'm glad you brought up the customer aspect of it and the consumer, because I, I think the question becomes in this focus on all of this technology that can help improve, improve one's operation, um, if you will. 
is the customer still at the forefront? You think for if if you're if you're a dealer trying to figure out how to adapt all of this technology, how to uh, streamline the pro- even streamline the process to some degree, is the customer at the forefront? And if the customer is not at the forefront, how does the dealer approach the idea of making sure that in that process that the customer, the consumer, is at the forefront? Yeah, I would say most of the time, yes. Although it still always amazes me that you know dealers are, uh, as as we all are, you know, in a capitalist society, we're, we're motivated by profit maximization, and squeezing the most profit out of every transaction isn't necessarily in the best interest of the consumer, or even in, in you know the best interest of like keeping a consumer happy for more of a lifetime view. If, if we're all very transactional and we only think of the maximizing sort of our utility in the current moment, we aren't thinking of the long-term relationship. And I think the dealers that have succeeded over generations are the ones that take a much more kind of holistic view and say, I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm not going to try to maximize revenue and profit on every single transaction. Let me do what's right for the consumer. And, you know, therefore it'll pay, pay off in spades. And it's funny if you, if you listen to, these salespeople that have been winning awards by selling more cars than, than in anyone over over decades, almost consistently, you hear about these people that are like maniacal around the focus on the consumer experience. And, you know, they, they, they make it a point of like calling people and writing handwritten reminders to people to congratulate them on their birthdays and their, their, their marriages and when children are born. And anniversaries, right? So it's that little attention to detail that can really differentiate dealers, well, all of us in life. And I think those are the dealers that that rise above and can consistently um, and continually kind of deliver a better consumer experience, which I think does pay off over the lifetime uh, value and, and relationship they forge. Does does the 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 push for this wider adoption of technology in the space though? Does that does that hinder them from being able to do that? Um, or, or are you finding that some dealerships or some dealers are sort of applying that t- technology to be able to still maintain that personal touch? Well, it's a great question. I, I think that, you know, if you and I are running a dealer, we, we, I think we would start off with saying, what, what's our objective with the consumer? What are we trying to achieve? And I, and I do think there's some innovative tools out there that allow the, the, uh, the dealers to be much more effective with almost the consumer feeling this is a handcrafted relationship, one-on-one relationship. And, you know, a good example would be, I don't know how many emails you get a day, but I bet you you get 400 emails a day, m- many of which are trying to sell you something. Most right. of them are just cut, cut and paste formulaic. But, you know, once in a while, you know, once a week, twice a week, I get an email where I'm like, oh, wow, th- this person's been very thoughtful. They, they've looked up my, you know, LinkedIn profile they know a little bit about me. They've read a press release or some event that I've been attending and are, are making that extra effort to just like, you know, connect with me around something that's relevant to me. And it catches your eye and you, you stop and you read. You may not be in the market for buying what they're selling, but it allows you to really, uh, in that moment, really appreciate a differentiated approach. And I think there, there are software solutions out there, be they CRMs, some of these solutions that are helping, you know, literally using robots to, to write, quote unquote, handwritten notes that get mailed out to consumers. Um, you know, I, I think there's a next generation of much more consumer centric solutions out there. Uh, but I hate to say that for the most part, most of the solutions fall down. 
Why, why is that? I was going to ask you, you, you see a lot of those solutions in that tech, that technology in its infancy. Why, where does it fail? Yeah, so I, I have a hypothesis. I don't know if it's widely shared or not, that there's a couple of reasons why the, these solutions kind of perpetuate in the industry. I think one is, as I said earlier, there's just so much employee turnover that it's really, really hard to, ch- to, to change employee behavior. And, um, you know, there are a lot of legacy employees that just want to do it the way it's always been done. So that the whole change management issue, right, the HR change management issue is really, really challenging in, in automotive. So it makes it hard for any new technologies to kind of break through. So we're stuck with like an older generation of technologies. I think that um, number two would be just the automotive seems to, to, to move at a very glacial pace compared to some other industries. So, you know, you've still got the same you know, dominant DMS uh, uh, products that have been dominant for like, you know, 20 or 30 years and people get used to them. And the people that have been around for a long time are, are, are used to using them as well. And um, so I, I think that the, the, the combination of those two things, which is just like there's, there's like this gravitational force towards the, 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 the legacy and, and re- regresses us back towards the mean. And it's just challenging to break through. So for a dealer that wants to break through, they really need to be the champion of change and really push from an executive standpoint, really push the change through, make sure it's a priority. And um, you find those dealers that are very, very prescriptive with the change that they want to, to, um, to create at the dealership. And, and then they can drive that change through. But otherwise, I think there is this lethargy, right? This like this gra- gravitational force towards the status quo. Is there is there one digital solution that, that that sticks out in your mind as as a really solid solid digital solution that you think works, and if so, why? Yeah, I mean, I think I think we're starting with, without naming specific vendors, right? I think we're starting to see innovation in the CRM space, and you know, interestingly enough, because CRMs have been around forever, but you know, when, when when you when you start talking about, and I, I hate to use the word AI, but just like automation. Let's automate things and, and take the work off the backs of the employees, whether they're in the business development center or, or your, your salesperson on the front line, and, and automate some of these, these processes to follow up in a, in a good way, right? To, to have something that reaches out to consumers after hours and doesn't make them wait until 8 or 9 a.m. the next day when the salesperson gets back into the office. I think it's just really, really basic things. Like I think that um, you know, there's technology now around mystery shopping. And allowing a dealer to to really introspect and say, how am I doing across all these different mediums and touch points to say, you know, am I being consistent? And if not, where are we falling down? You know, I I think there are ways now to listen in. There there have been forever, right? But smarter ways to listen in on the BDC calls and analyze those calls automatically. And then, you know, as I said, you know, I think we're just starting to see the entrant of like real, real uh, uh, AI, right? Artificial intelligence. And I, I, I'm hopeful, I'm very hopeful that we're going to see a new generation of automated tools that really d- does help people become more productive and provide a, a much better experience for the consumers through automation, getting the consumers the information that they want, um, custom tailored um, immediately through the medium or channel that they want to be contacted. You know, um, and this is not, of course, this is not um, strictly confined to the to the auto industry. But there is when you talk about um, the the way that AI can be used to enhance that 
that connection and that relationship with customers. There is a general, some general apprehension from consumers about AI. So Mm. considering that there is at times some general apprehension about the entire car buying process when it comes to a dealer overall, and now you're adding this idea of AI to the mix. How does how do you recommend or how does a dealer begin to to deal with that dynamic? Because I can only imagine that it's going to be, you know, that if you even note it from a consumer standpoint within the sales process, that a consumer might be a little apprehensive about it. Yeah, I, I think the appreh- apprehension is, is well warranted, especially when you see all this stuff, these breaches with data security and, and privacy security, et cetera. But the flip side is, you know, I was talking to a dealer recently who, who just started to use a, an after hour scheduling tool for, for phone calls. And basically the consumer hits a, a phone bank, uh, an automated phone bank, similar to what you would do if you were, you know, calling American Airlines or, or Delta. And, you know, through through just like push button prompts, you can get through to the department that you want to get through and, and make requests or schedule time, et cetera. And they, they found that consumers really loved it. Right. I think, I think that especially with millennials, they're they're probably less likely to want to talk to somebody on the phone. And if they, they, they have a, an AI chat bot, some automated bot that, that gets them to the solution that they need quickly. Like I think, for example, like my, my, my cable, you know, if I need to like change my cable package, I don't want to wait 45 minutes or have a call back in 45 minutes to talk to a human. Why, why can't they just simply like get me to the menu, allow me to make my, 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 my choices and my changes on the phone or through like a, you know, an online interface through a browser. And I think we're on the cusp of that. So I think that, um, you know, a, a lot of this, this, this business has been built on the backs of phone calls, et cetera. And I think, you know, AI can help a, 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 a user, a consumer get through to like an automated menu very quickly, get the answers that they need much more efficiently. And I think with the next generation of folks, they're not going to want to talk to people on the phone. They're going to want to interact more with an automated chatbot. Well, I think that then the question becomes, Steve, what does that say about how the the dealership itself, that the retail, that that point of purchase for, for consumers, how is that going to change? If, if you look at that kind of technology and saying that, you know, as we move forward, there are going to be some consumers that will be more comfortable with that. What does that say about from a team standpoint, from a personnel standpoint, and just from a the general perspective of what does the future, which is, you know, kind of the area that you have really sort of been very vocal about what does the future look like for for automotive retail from that perspective yeah i mean mark marcus are you an amazon user yes when's the last time you talked to an amazon employee on the phone i i can't think of (laughs) i can't recall exactly so I, I can't. I can't either. And I, I, I'm probably literally make one more than one purchase off of Amazon every day. I hate to admit it, but you know, I, I go to Amazon first whenever I need anything. I'm like toothpaste, toothbrushes, you know, soap or whatever. I'm, I'm ordering off of Amazon, and like I don't know that I've ever talked to a person at Amazon ever. And you know, it's because the the interface, however clunky you can you can criticize it, it works, right? They they make it work. You know, they get your problem solved. They make it very easy to find and buy things and have it delivered the next day. And I think that, you know, if I'm a dealer, I'm thinking through, okay, in the future, do I, do I need my, my employees to interact with the consumer at all? Can technology solutions 
help me get to that future that's you know Amazon-like. And this doesn't mean that you know cars are going to be magically be delivered to consumers' driveways. Quite the opposite. But you know, as much as, as a, a, a consumer wants to do everything online, we should be enabling that activity. You know, the, the roles of the dealership are going to change. I mean, I, I think the, the business development center will change dramatically in the future. There's still going to be employees, but the employees are going to be augmented with a lot of automated tools, tools that we haven't even dreamed up yet. And uh, you know, I think that the the dealer will be able to operate with uh, fewer employees. Uh, those employees are going to be augmented and more effective because of the the software solutions that they've got at at, the, at their disposal. Um, I think that you know dealerships will you know the, the cost structure. Will be less for a dealer because they'll have less human capital, but at the same time, their their software fees will be up. But it'll be more than than offset by you know fewer people needed at the dealership. And I think that you know they will be offering the combination of the automaker and the dealer will be offering solutions to consumers where if they if they, if they want to talk to a, an employee, they can they can pick up the phone. But I think increasingly with every year, there'll be fewer phone calls and fewer direct communication between individual employees and consumers because we'll, we'll figure out over time how to provide really great online experiences and and, and do that in a way that, that are is 100% automated. And the consumer may still very well go into the, 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 the dealership to test drive the car and you know talk to someone face-to-face and buy the car. But I think even that, with every increasing year, there, there'll be less and less of it. Wow. You always give me a lot to unpack, Steve, both online and off. <laughs> that makes me want to continue <laughs> our conversation. Uh, thank you again for joining us on The Culture Lane, and I look forward to having you back again. Well, Marcus, th- thanks. It's always a pleasure catching up, and thank you for everything you're doing for the industry. Now, on to the next journey.